Where it just randomly hit start? You just never even know when it's coming, man. You're just hanging out, and then whoop, bang, go! Bright lights, big city. Except for you, you cut that one, because you can hear my button press, but it's a pretty low button. Yeah, it's whatever. So, anyway, now we're back in business, baby. Whoa! After two attempts, which ended... Third time's the charm. Catastrophically. One with a cape incident, and we, the hey. second one with the... Laughing about the cape incident. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cape incident. And the dirty underwear drawer. Um, Which doesn't exist, it's a joke. It's a hypothetical dirty underwear drawer. Good cover. Yeah. I'm <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Exposed. Anyway. Oh, we're back, baby! Yeah. We just had like a little bit of a, a chill session where we got water, yep. some Kleenex. We recovered. And we're back in business now, and we, we got a lot to talk about. This is uh, last time technically we... episode 30 here. Yep, 30th episode. Which is kind of cool. 30, man. And last time we ended on the CD release of A Concert Behind Prison Walls. Yeah, so you're listening to Johnny Cash Part 2 on the Johnny Cash Part 2 radio of the narratives on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play. Welcome to BBR, where we broadcast only the greatest hits. Big Brown Robins. Brendan's Basement Radio. <laughs> That's what I was oh, thinking. But... Big Brown Robins. <laughs> it's kind of racist. Hey, no. Robin is in, like, the bird. Right. Which are red, but these ones are brown. They're big and brown. Like James Earl Jones. Oh, no. <laughs> big and brown. 1965. Okay, here we go. We're, we're Let's get on back to the 65. Activisms of the Native Americans. That's the header for this little yeah. feller. Cash and June Carter, his wife, appeared on Pete Seeger's TV show, Rainbow Quest, ah. on which Cash explained his start as an activist for Native Americans. Mm. He said, quote, In 57, I wrote a song called Old Apache Squaw, and they forgot the so-called Indian protest for a while, but nobody else seemed to speak up with any volume of voice. Is that a weed whacker in the distance? Yep. Strange. Let's just wait. <laughs> Let's just listen hey, to the... we we'll do a weed whacker radio uh, featuring Eric Nielsen. Nice. The weed whacker has gone away. We got the weed whacker on the. We're out of business. The weed before. whacker radio is gone. Yeah. Sorry, guys. And uh, anyway, in Colombia, the label for which Cash was recording then. Colombia is the label, not in Colombia. Colombia, the label for which Cash was recording then, was opposed to putting the song on his next album, considering it duetical with the public. Yeah, everyone was like, they wow. don't have rights. Yeah. It's the 60s. Cash singing songs of Indian tragedy and settler violence went radically against the mainstream of country music in the time of the 1950s, which I imagine was just about beans, uh, ma, and beer. Maybe not so heavily on beer, but yeah. Beans, ma, More like rye and whiskey. Bible. Yeah, that. Definitely that. Which was dominated by the image of Righteous Cowboy. Yeah. Who like a righteous simply makes the native cowboy. soil his own. So, anti Basically, people who just come into other people's land and go, mine. Expropriate. Yeah. In 1964, coming of the chart success, uh, uh, coming off the chart success of his previous album, I Walk the Line, he recorded a ten aforementioned but aforementioned but um the aforementioned album bitter tears ballads of the american indian and everyone was like maybe don't and he's like yeah. you guys should know about their kind of struggle and yeah, they, like, i don't give a shit they're not white <laughs> and the album featured some sorts of uh, multitude of native wait a minute narratives all right <laughs> hold just, on you just plug our podcast in the middle of our no podcast? no no <laughs> I, I'm the, the album featured stories of the multitude of native peoples which is kind of cool right yeah so, no one else was doing that. Mostly of their violent oppression by white settlers, which still was happening in that time, yeah, and still, still is was. happening still today. Is. Yeah, never, never gonna stop. Uh, the Navajo and um, Apache 
like, uh, sorry, the Pima, which is a, a ballad of the Ira Hayes, uh, Navajo, which was a song Navajo, the Apache, Apache Tears, uh, Lakota, Bigfoot song, uh, <laughs> Seneca, As Long as the Grass Shall Grow, and Cherokee, Talking, Talking Leaves. Ooh, in sync. Cash wrote three <laughs> of these songs himself, and one with the help of Johnny Horton, but the majority of the protest songs were written by folk artist Peter Lafarge. Or Peter yeah. Lafarge. Yeah. Who was the son of an active, uh, actor, activist. Activist and Pulitzer Activer. Prize winner Oliver Lafarge. Activer. Whom Cash met in New York in 1960 and whom he admired for his activism. I'm, we're, we're very serious about this Cash stuff right now. I want to like tone it back. We're going to go back to the casual narrative. The fucking album was like stellar. Well, the, yeah, basically what he did is he had a lot of... No one else was really supporting Native Americans. And he came out and he was already singing songs about tragedy, like the Great Depression and his own home life. And he's like... Native Americans got the most problems of all. Surely there's a good song in there. And then white people Sounds were like... Sounds like Elvis. Thank you. <laughs> and then white people were like, not about white people? Don't want to hear it. And Johnny was like, but it's a real struggle. And they were like... But it's a real struggle. No. Doubt. Native Americans don't struggle with anything. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was Yeah, he was very forward about that. What does it say? You and your crowd are too, just too intelligent to associate with plain country folks? What? What is that about? Cash so, faced resistance and was even urged by an editor of a country music magazine to leave oh, the Country Music Association. Oh. Whoops. Saying that you and your crowd are just too intelligent to associate with plain country folks, country artists, and country DJs. Too intelligent. The country place. Country, country people. DJs sound like the worst guys ever. Wicca, wicca, yeehaw. In reaction to that, he posted a letter as an advertisement in Billboard magazine calling the record industry cowardly. Oof. Quote, DJs, station wow. managers, owner, why are you, why are you, where are your guts, he demanded. I have to fight back when I realize that so many stations are afraid of haze. Just one question. Why? There's three question marks. He concludes oh. this letter, Ira Hayes is strong medicine, which is a song we talked about earlier. Oh, okay. So is Rochester, Harlem, Birmingham, and Vietnam. Oof. There's a weird echo right now. Do you think so? I think it's just because you leaned forward and there's an echo. Yeah, if you lean forward, there's a good echo. But... Yeah, try right now, everybody. If you lean forward, you get a good echo. Speak loud into your speaker. Whoa! Yeah, you'll really get the echo. Maybe you'll get Weed Whacker return. Yeah, maybe you'll get Weed Whacker back, and maybe you'll get craziness because you were talking to yourself. Yeah. In 1966, in his response to the activism, the singer was adopted by Seneca's Nation Turtle Clan. He was adopted by them? Yeah, they were like basically like... they took his like, adoption papers can... and like... Thank you for recognizing our struggle. Oh. You can be a part of us now if you please. He's I like, don't know if that's, that's a cool honor. Yeah. Right. It, it wasn't they like... probably talked more like normal people, but. <laughs> you want to be a part of the Indian tribe? That's not normal yet either. They're probably just like, hey man, nice. You want to be cool here? No, there's a, there's an interview. But there's, really? That's one guy. Yeah. He's got this feather headdress on and he's like, I support your demands. You're good. He's like, All old people feel... sound the same to me. Ageist. In 1970, Cash recorded a reading of John B. Burnett's 1890 80th birthday essay on Cherokee removal for his Historical Landmarks Association in Nashville. But that's enough about that. So we basically covered that. Yeah, his I don't want to be like minimizing, but I mean that's really all there is on that. Yeah, the the John Cash show. He had his lame. own TV show. And it's Boo! Very... Ratings have gone down since the 70s. Nice. Maraca? Yeah. 1969 to 71, he starred in his own television show, The Johnny Cash Show, on ABC Network. That's just lazy writing. 
Yeah, he, the show was performed in the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. The Statler brothers opened up for him every episode. The Carter family and rockabilly legend Carl Perkins. Oh, rockabilly! Were also guests, including such big guys as <laughs> guys, Neil Young, Louis Armstrong. They are pretty heavy. Neil Diamond, Kenny Rogers, and the first edition. A little bit thinner now. James Taylor, <laughs> oh. Ray Charles, All right. Roy Orbison, Derek and the Dominoes, and Bob Dylan. Hey, around the same time was the Muppet Show. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't. I wonder if Johnny Cash was around the Muppet Show. Well, during the same time, he contributed to the title. Of like different. He did theme songs for a lot of stuff, like Little Faust and Big Hesley, which starred Robert Redford and Michael J. Pollard, and Lauren Hutton. The title song, The Ballad of Little Fuss and Big Hazley, was written by Carl Perkins, was nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Really? And uh, as far as Cash's relationship with Dylan, he met Dylan in the 1960s and became closer friends wow. when they were neighbors in the late 60s. I called it. Uh, Johnny Cash was on uh, Muppets Season 5, Episode 18. Hell yeah, we gotta watch that, dude. It was, uh, he was a guest, Johnny Cash, episode number 18, and it was dated uh, February 1st, 1981. So this would have been way after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, but the Muppet Show was around for about five years, so, like, around the same time as the Muppet Show. Like, great American TV on the TV. One of the points I wanted to hit on, I don't know if we talked about it a lot in the last episode, was the man in black. Ah. It kind of... He always wore black everywhere. And yeah, we talked about that. There was people who interviewed him, and he said, yeah, he'd go into the green room, and we'd come out, and they'd have the entire room painted black. Like, professionally done. How do you professionally paint something black? You just paint everything black. I see. The guy was like, know, even the bed... I want it painted black. The bed was painted black. All the sheets, they painted everything. Painted, painted, painted. That was heavy in his meth time, though. Here oh, comes hey. Weed Whacker again. You're back. Really? I am the man in black weed whack 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 whack. whack. <laughs> Maybe I'll close the window. Now. Always record your podcast with the windows wide open. We that just way. wanted some fresh air. All the outside noises can distract you from listening to yourself talk. I'm a bounce on the bed. Well, there we go. <laughs> Yo, you should have seen the video for that. That was, that was good. I cut. Okay, I was good, everybody. You're wow. listening to really professional podcasters. On that the was narratives. awesome. That was a good. That was a good trick shot. Yeah. Window trick shots. Anyway, go ahead and read for me. Where Where are we? Man in Black. Man in Black. In the early 1970s, he had crystallized his meth. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he had crystallized his public image as Man in Black. He regularly performed dressed. He regularly performed dressed all in black. So he regularly was in black all the time, every day, wearing a long black knee length coat. The outfit stood in contrast to the costumes worn by most of the major country acts in his day. Costumes? They wore costumes yeah. on stage? Rhinestones. Uh, like Hank Williams. You ever seen him? Holy no. shit, he's diamond guy. Oh, yeah. In 1971, Cash wrote the song, Man in Black, We're to help him explain his dress code. I suppose. In our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes. Copyright just strike. So we're reminded Copyright of the strike. ones who are held back. Copyright strike. Up front, there ought to be a man in black. Copyright man. strike. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> he wore black on behalf of the poor and hungry, which we mentioned during the last episode. And the yeah. prisoner who was long uh, paid for his crime, uh, who was the prisoner who was long paid for his crime, and on behalf of those who have been betrayed by age or drugs. And, Cash added, with the Vietnam War as painful in my mind as it was for most other Americans, I wore it in mourning for the lives that could have been. And apart from the Vietnam War being over, I don't see much reason for the change in my position. The old are still neglected, the poor are still poor, and the young are still dying before their time, and we're not making any moves to make things right. There's still plenty of darkness to carry off. 
like all this drugs I gotta do. Yeah, 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 big guy. <laughs> there go all my drugs in my veins. Yeah. So he and his band initially worn black shirts because oh, they... Oh, I thought it said skirts. I was like... Black skirts. Because wow. that was the only matching color that they had among their various outfits. Yeah? And he wore other colors on stage early in his career, but he claimed to like wearing black both on and off stage. Okay. He stated that, political reasons aside, he just simply liked black. He, he just liked it. Okay. The outdated U.S. Navy's winter blue uniform seemed to be referred to by sailors as Johnny Cash's... As the uniform shirt, tie, and trousers are all solid black. Okay, fair enough. Mid-1970s, his popularity and a number of hit songs began to kind of decline. Yeah, he made commercials for Amoco and STP and Unpopular Enterprise at the time, the 1970s energy crisis. And Oof. So yeah, not good. But then he kind of turned around in 1976. He made commercials for Lionel Trains, for which he also Lionel wrote Ritchie. music. No. I wish. Not the same. However, his first autobiography, his first, Man in Black, was published in 1975 and sold 1.3 million copies. Wow. A second book called Cash, the Autobiography, appeared in 1997. Wow. Oh. I wonder if they ever read it and were like, maybe we should arrest this guy for doing so much drugs. I don't think Cash even read it. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it, but he like never read it. He's like, well, I don't need to read this one. Hey, this is real familiar. Fair enough. If I wrote my own autobiography, I wouldn't like. Can you imagine read doing it? so much meth? You read your own autobiography and are surprised. <laughs> At Stephen King, no. That's a plot twist right there. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, he says he can't remember a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, so fair a enough. A lot of books he Looking wrote. At the He's like, same I was train. ripped the whole time. I wonder if Marilyn Manson can remember half the stuff he does. Probably not. I don't know. I'll yeah. have to ask him. I'll shoot him an email. Yeah, shoot him an email. Chain email. Johnny Cash and Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. On the same. Not Johnny Cash, Marilyn Manson. Uh, another cool thing about Cash, his friendship with Billy Graham led to a production of a film about the life of Jesus, Whoa. The Gospel Road, which Cash co-wrote and narrated. It was released in 1973. What's his narration like? It's, it's like my Elvis voice, apparently. Cash views the <laughs> film as a statement of his personal faith rather than any means of protest... Prostate. Proselytizing? Proselytizing. What? Proselytizing. Proselyt. Proselytizing. Oh, proselytizing. Okay. okay. Sure. That's like, if you're a Protestant, you're like, pro oh, styling. You're proselytizing. That's a weird word, man. Uh, convert or attempt to convert someone from one religion, belief, or opinion to proselytize. another. Proselytize. Yeah. Proselytize. Get educated, kids. The more you know. Spelled P R O S E while I. Don't well, I. T I Z I N G. Well, uh, like proselyt to zing. New podcast on the word proselytize. Cash and his wife appeared a couple times on Billy Graham Crusade TV specials, and Cash continued to include gospel and religious songs. I lost my spot. In religious songs on many of his albums. Thank you. Go ahead. On uh, <laughs> the Columbia no, declined to release A Believer Sings the Truth, a gospel double LP recorded in 1979 and which ended up being released on an independent label, even with Cash still under contract to Columbia. So, what does that really mean for him? Even while he's still on contract? It means he's just making two different sources of income. So he's got two different contracts going? Yep. He's got like a gospel contract and another one? Yeah, gospel and country. Oh. I just don't know a lot about him, so I'm trying to like actually take in information here. November 22nd. I've noticed a lot of times I just listen to the podcast and read along and I'm just like completely forget everything that I've learned. That's why you gotta re-listen. So I've gotta just, I don't listen to my own podcast. Why? I do. No, <laughs> incoming narcissist. I, narcissist alert. I honestly don't absorb like 
thirty percent of this information. Yeah, sure enough. So yeah. if you listen to it again, you actually learn something. Well, when I like write Da Vinci, it, when I write it, I just I, I hear about it. So yeah, I hear about it. Yeah, when I write the clicking of the keyboards, it's just I'm so smart that the clicking of the keyboard, I can tell which key's which. Cash it, man. That's the up key. <laughs> <laughs> moving on up to anyway, Methville. Uh, so he, um, on November 22nd, 1974, uh, CBS ran his one-hour TV special entitled uh, Riding the Rails, which was a musical history of trains. Just kind of lame, I guess. I don't know. Sounds kind of lame. <laughs> and he continued to appear on television after that, hosting Christmas specials on CBS in the late 1970s. So he's even on, uh, on the same station as uh, the Muppets. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. In the late 1970s, CBS... Yeah, he was invited to perform at the White House. CBS is like the Disney one, isn't it? Richard Nixon's office. He was invited to play at the White House. Oh, good job! He played the Oki from Muskogee. Oki from that sounds like a dumb song. Oki from Muskogee. A satirical Merle Haggard song about people who despised youthful drug users and war protesters. Oh, okay. And he also performed "Welfare Cadillac," a Guy Drake song which denies the integrity of welfare recipients, and a boy named Sue, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he declined to play the first two and instead selected other songs, including Ballad of Ira Hayes about the brave Native American World War II veteran who was mistreated upon his return to Arizona. Whoa. And his own compositions, What is the Truth and Man in Black. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. And Cash wrote the reasons for denying Nixon's song choices were not knowing them and having fairly short notice to rehearse them uh, rather than any political reason. So... Yeah, that's good. At least he wasn't like... He wasn't like, fuck you, Nixon. Yeah. Here's the... Wait, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cash added, even if Nixon's office had given Cash enough time to learn and rehearse the songs, their choice of pieces that conveyed anti-hippie and anti-black sentiments might have backfired a little bit. A lot. Yeah, a little bit. A little lot. Nixon, rethink your choices. In his remarks when introducing Cash, Nixon joked that the one thing he'd learned about the singer was that uh, was one didn't tell him what to sing. Yeah. Oh, good joke, Nixon. Go joke about the Russians next. Yeah, hey, Nixon, (laughs) you back off them Russians. You ever seen him joke about Russians? It's really weird. No, he's probably like laughing. He just like makes a threat and then laughs. Side quest for when we do the Nixon episode. Link in the description below. Just kidding. I don't know. Prank. Um, if we ever do that, but there's I watched a one interview between him and uh, Khrushchev, and it was like when they they went into the summit talk that they did. Um, and basically, he's just like, well, I think you have to think about all our uh, TV. We've got nice TV, and we're ahead of you there. You might be ahead of us in space. And then uh, Khrushchev just comes, no, no, we are ahead in TV. We are ahead in space. We are ahead in everything. You silly American. And he just goes, ha, that's what you said about my mother or something. Like, it was like, it was, like, it was so dumb. I just like... Like it's uh, a roast. It's so yeah, basically that's awesome. the entire time. But they're speaking two different languages, and so Nixon's just like, uh, "Tell the man that, uh, I, uh, good job, I guess." All right, skip that part. I do want to, because really? it's so boring. All his record about? stuff. Yeah, he produced a lot of record stuff, guys. Who cares? Guess what? Let's get on to his last years. Oh, his last years on the earth. The last of them. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-seven was diagnosed with neurodegenerative <coughs> disease. With a neurodegenerative disease. Hey, isn't that right, mom? Shy Drager syndrome, which sounds like a racial slur. Shy Drager. Yeah, Shy Drager. Like, I imagine just like, like you got a huge fucking boner and you're trying to hide it. Shy Drager syndrome. I, yeah, Shy Drager syndrome. Uh, 
I'm gonna. Uh, I should Google that so we don't make fun of it so much. Sorry, guys. A form of multiple system atrophy. Oh, shit. Uh, I should have finished that sentence. <laughs> According to the biographer, I gotta Google it to learn more about it. Oh, here's more about it. <laughs> According to biographer Robert Hillman, the disease was originally misdiagnosed as Parkinson's. Oh, and so Cash even announced guy. to the audience that he had Parkinson's after nearly collapsing on stage in Flint, Michigan, really? the worst place to collapse. Yeah. On wow. October 25th, 1997. Soon afterwards, his diagnosis was changed to Shy Dragger, and Cash would told him he had approximately 18 months left to live. That's rough. Yeah. The diagnosis was later again altered to autonomic... Neuropathy. Autom- yeah, associated with diabetes. Oh. The illness forced Cash to curtail his touring. He was hospitalized in 1998 with severe pneumonia, which damaged his lungs. Also, the years and years and years singing. of smoking. Oh, yeah. And maybe other stuff that he did. Meth. During the last stage of his career, Cash released the albums American 3, which is better than American 1 and 2 because it came later. The and sequel American IV, or 5, I guess? The American 4? American IV? American IV, I don't know. IV is 4. American 4, The Man Comes Around, is my favorite Johnny Cash album. Oh, okay. So American 4 is better than American 3, so get used to it, kids. Yep. American 4 included cover songs by several late 20th century rock artists, notably Hurt by Nine Inch Nails and Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. <laughs> Trent Reznor, who Trent Reznor of Red Nine Inch Nails, commented that he was initially skeptical about Cash's plan to cover Hurt, but was later impressed and moved by the rendition. Yeah. The video for Hurt received critical and popular acclaim, including a Grammy Award. It's a really good video. Yeah. June Carter Cash died on May 15th, 2003, at the age of 73. Which is a good run. Yeah, June had told Cash to keep working. So he continued to record, completing 60 more songs in the last four months of his life. Which is insane. Yeah, and even performed a couple of surprise shows at the Center Family Fold. Carter Family Fold. The, the Central Carter Family Fold, <laughs> outside Bristol, Virginia, at the July 5th, uh, 2003 concert. Which was his last public performance. Ooh, ooh. Before singing Ring of Fire, Cash read a statement about his late wife he had written shortly before taking the stage. I want to do her. Oh. It was, uh, the spirit of June Carter overshadows <laughs> no. me tonight with love she had for me and the love I have for her. We connect somewhere between Ow. here and heaven. She came down for a short visit, I guess, from heaven to visit with me tonight to give me courage and inspiration like she always has. She never been one for me except courage and inspiration. I thank God for June Carter. I love her with all my heart. I'll still do other women, though. Yep. <laughs> all the time. Cash continued to record until shortly before his death. His final recordings were made on August 21, 2003. <laughs> yep, nailed it. And uh, consisted of the like, the th- like the 309, uh, which appeared on American 5, 100 Highways in 2006. And the final song he completed, Engine, Engine 143. All right. Which was recorded for his son, John Carter Cash, for a planned Carter Family tribute album. Oh, we can edit death. Thank God. <laughs> death edit. Yeah. <laughs> Nice copy-pasting job. Thank you. When hospitalized at Baptist Hospital in, obviously, in Nashville. Not obviously in Nashville, but obviously he was hospitalized in a hospital. He was, like, <laughs> hospitalized in his bedroom. Uh, Cash died of complications from diabetes. Hospitalized in an alleyway. <laughs> Approximately 2 a.m. CT on September 12, 2003, aged 71. Less than four months after his wife. Oh. It was suggested that his health worsened due to a broken heart over June's death. Is that really something you could diagnose? Yeah. Let me know, I'll... nurse listener. 
quite a few people can... Like, can you actually die of a broken heart? I yeah. know there's depression, but I mean... It's just like broken heart, death. Let me know. Yeah, he was buried next to his wife in Henderson, Phil. Henderson Mor- Memorial Memory Gardens near his home in Henderson, yeah. Tennessee. Hendersonville, yep. Tennessee. In June 2005, Cash's lakeside home on Coddill Drive in Hendersonville was put up for sale by his estate. So that means... And it was bought by the Bee Gees vocalist Barry Gibb. Really? And his wife Linda. I don't know who Barry Gibb is. You don't know who Barry Gibb is? Never heard of the Bee Gees either. Staying alive. Staying alive. That's the Bee Gees. Really? How do you not know I the Bee Gees? I thought that was the Budgies. No, those are birds. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. A flock of Budgies is recording disco hits. No. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Really? Them. How much was it sold for? Uh, 2.3 million. No, I think that's... Oh, that's a record company, yeah. Yeah. The listing agent was Cash's younger brother and Tommy. Huh. On uh, April 10th, 2007, during major renovation works of carried out for the Gibb, a fire broke out of the house, spreading quickly due to flammable wood preservative that had been used. Some the building people... was completely burnt down. I imagine it was just Cash's ghost. That's like, what... Fuck yeah. you! That's what some people think, is Johnny Cash's ghost was like, no. <laughs> the Bee Gees can't own this house. Yeah. One of Cash's final collaborations with producer Rick Rubin, American 500 Highways, was released posthumously. Posthumously. Oh, I, I read posh. I After didn't see a T in there. I see the T when I get real close. Post. Humanously. Hey, we're not ASMR. On July 4th, 2006, the album debuted on November 1. <laughs> not November 1. <laughs> I'm number 1 on the charts. Uh, position of the Billboard Top 200 album chart for the week ending July 22nd, 2006. On February 23rd, 2010, three days before what would have been Cash's 78th birthday, the Cash family Rick Rubin and Lost Highway Records released his second posthumous record titled American Six Ain't No Grave. Really? So this is all stuff he'd recorded and just never been released? Yeah, and that's kind of... Yeah. So the religious beliefs here... Uh, do we really want to get into that? I mean, we, we do have a little bit of time we got to cover here. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Cash was raised by his parents in the Southern Baptist Demonom- Denomination. Denomination of Christianity. Yeah. He was baptized in 1944 in the Tyronza... Tyronza? River. River. As a member of the Central Baptist Church on DS... Why is it so hard to say all these words? Oh my a God. troubled but devout Christian, Cash had been characterized as, quote, a lens through which to view American contradictions and challenges. Ah. May 9th, 1971, he answered the altar call at an evangelical temple, Assemblies of God Congregation, pastored by Jimmy R. Snow, who was the son of Hank Snow, with outreach to people in the music world. Let me just say something. I don't trust anybody with the last name Snow. John Snow? I don't know why. Like President Snow? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I just Is that f- why? Like, President Snow, he's just creepy, he's white. Like, no, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. His hair is white. I don't I, trust white people. I don't trust white people named Snow. Like, you just, it just seems evil to have a last name with Snow. Is that just me? I think it is just you. Let I, me know if you don't trust people with the last name Snow. All of you guys who listen and never comment, So let me know. What have you learned about Calling Jake? you out. The guys who don't comment. So I want to ask you a question. Coming into this, you were like, minimum wage, it's a Johnny guy. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about him now? Are you, do you kind of appreciate him more, or are you just more like, what a guy? What a guy. Don't really care. Indifferent. I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of meth. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So. I don't know. I think his story is kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, it's not a upbeat, like, yay story. Yeah. He's, he did some stuff. 
He's an interesting dude. I just feel like reading off the page is getting boring. So I just kind of want to rap. You want to you want to rap about him? <laughs> no, I meant like what kind of rap backbeat is that? <laughs> Yo, my it's name like is Johnny Cash, and I'm here to say that boom, cheating on your wife is always the way. That's a good beat. No, I just meant like rap about it. You know, like jocular rap talk. Jocular? Do the jocular? Like what? What kind of jocular is list need you? I just don't want to. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, there's religious beliefs, and that's. He believed about stuff, guys. He really did. Great, yeah. He penned a. Got that one covered. Off the list. Check, check. He, he wrote a novel called Men in White, 1986. And the introduction writes about a reporter who. The opposite of me. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't write it. Some guy wrote it, and he was interested in Cash's beliefs. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Is this book written from Baptist, Catholic, or Jewish perspective? Uh-oh. And the author was like, I guess I'm a Christian. Don't put me in another box. Come at me! <laughs> in the mid-70s, and then Cash and his wife completed a course of study in the Bible through Christian International Bible College. Cool. So that's kind of neat, huh? Yeah, it is. Are you entertained? Well, no, no. See, what I'm thinking now is that I've learned a lot about Johnny Cash. Yes. I don't listen to a lot of country, country music. Yeah, me neither. But I have a respect for this man because he, he really... You know, pushed, pushed forward country music a lot. Yeah. yeah, without him, country music would probably still be bad. He's got good country songs. Like if you, if you've never heard "Burning Ring of Fire" or "Ring of Fire," whatever it's called. Yeah, "Ring of Fire." "Ring of Fire," or um, what's that other really popular one he has? Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, no, no, I'm thinking about the other one. I walk the line. Yeah, I walk the line. If you like, those songs are not just you know country songs. They're Johnny Cash songs. Yeah, but Johnny Cash, you can't just listen to the popular. You have to dig into, like, listen to the whole Folsom Prison Blues album. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good grasp of Johnny Cash. Like, his stuff is just more listenable than most country stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? The majority, because it's... And he's still in the top charts of the country. Country has this problem now with, like, the modern, like, just pandering country Mm. music. That's all it is. Just some rich guy being like, I'm in the dirt, sitting on a tractor. And he's like, never been outside of his fucking mansion. Yeah. Too much of that. A lot of like, I wish I had the seven wives. I wish I had many people to bang, but I'm here. When did King Henry publish a country album? (laughs) (laughs) Henry VIII's country album. Wish I had some daughters. Divorced my wife and then beheaded my wife and then divorced my wife and then... (laughs) They beheaded my other wife. Yeah. And then my last wife survived. Was, Kelsey will appreciate this. It's divorced, beheaded, died. died. Divorced, divorced beheaded, beheaded, survived. Yeah. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. Upcoming podcast on King Henry VIII. Now too. Upcoming podcast on headless wives of King Henry. Oh, oh that's All a good of his one. wives Actually, in one yeah. episode. Yo, that's Let's a good idea. It. We'll do a uh, King Henry. We'll make it a two-parter. King yeah. Henry part one. And part two will be all of the beheaded wives. You take half the wives, I'll take half the wives. Yeah, the Merry Wives of Windsor. Isn't that what their names are? Yep. That's what they call them? The Windsor Wives? The Merry Wives of Windsor. Yeah, they're so happy being beheaded. They're like, maybe, take me. Maybe that can... <laughs> Yo. <laughs> anyway, back to Johnny. Maybe that'll be our season finale. Oh, Merry Wives of Windsor? Yeah, that'll be good. That'd anyway, be back to Johnny. We got uh, a little bit more to talk about him. Um, Do we though? We gotta just uh, we we dedicated ourselves to this two parter. His so, legacy. Yeah, we can we, we can talk about his legacy here. He left quite a legacy. It's hard to talk about him because I don't know much about him. But yeah, we were just talking about his legacy in in um, uh, country music, which is well, both Cash's daughter uh, Roseanne, both and his, his daughter, 
And his son, John Carter Cash, obviously, but yeah. John Cash are notable musicians in their own right. I mean, cool. Cash nurtured and defended artists like Bob Dylan on the fringes of what was acceptable in country music, even while serving as the country music establishment's most visible symbol. Yeah. He was the most out there example of country music. Cause well, he still is. Like, mm-hmm. If you're just like country music, Johnny Cash. You don't mean don't like know. country music? Um, uh, Hillary Duff. <laughs> At an awesome concert in 1999, an all-star concert put on by TNT, a diverse group of artists paid put him tribute, including uh, Dylan, Chris mm-hmm. Isaac, who's awesome, mm. Westliff Jean, Nora Jones, Nora Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, Dom DeLuise, and U2, who are garbage. <laughs> I hate you, U2. Come at me. Okay. Cash right. himself appeared at the end and performed for the first time in more than a year, and two tribute albums were released shortly before he died. There was Kindred Spirits, which was works from established artists while dressed in black. Ooh. Contains works from many lesser-known musicians in total. So, yeah, in total he wrote a thousand songs and released dozens Whoa. of albums. Holy crap. A box set titled Unearthed was issued posthumously. It includes four CDs of unreleased material recorded with Ruben, as well as a Best of Cash American Retrospective That's kind of like um, the only postmodern... Uh... Post-human, yeah, posthumous record released by, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, fuck, Kurt Cobain was released just just over a year ago. Yeah, and it's got a bunch of just recordings on a tape box that was like a, recorded from a cassette that his wife had recorded. Um, I want to hear that. And yeah, there's just it, it's not great. It's not great quality at all. But it was released. She'd been what's his his wife's name? Courtney Love. Yeah, Courtney Love had been very uptight about keeping all that stuff. Uptight girl. Yeah. So anyway, that was another kind of cool. It's like a collection of unrecorded stuff that was never put to song, because he obviously died. But um, yeah, the Johnny Cash Memorial Fund was put up in his memory, in recognition of his support for the SOS Children's Villages. He had yeah. a personal link with SOS Village in Descent at the Emmercy Lake in southern Germany, near where he was stationed as a GI, with the SOS Village in Barrettown as the Muttingo Bay near his holiday home in Jamaica. Really? So, yeah. Cool. So yeah. he had a house? That's what I got from that. <laughs> he was, was a very heavy supporter of... Jamaican? Halfway homes for children. Oh, okay, never mind. He, you got he had a house from... He supported the building of houses I got, he for got the Jamaican. <laughs> well, great. This is anyway. why you re-listen, buddy. I don't need to re-listen. 1999, Cash received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. 2004, Rolling Stone. Ranked so while well, he was alive. Number Yay. 31 of the 100 Greatest Artists of All Time list. 31? Who's one? And number, Beethoven? And number 21 on their 100 Greatest Singers list in 2010. Mm. In 2012, they ranked Cash's 1968 live album at Folsom Prison and 1948 studio album American Recordings at number 88 and 366 in the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Cool. So that's kind of fun, huh? I want to look at what the Rolling Stones considers as his 100 greatest artists of all time now. That'll have to be a bonus bit. Yeah, I don't know. We can we can keep going about Johnny Cash, though. We got a little bit less to hear. Yeah. The, the Johnny Cash Museum, which is located in Cash's properties in Hendersonville until 2006, dubbed the House of Cash, was sold based on Cash's will. Prior to this, have been closed for a number of years, the museum had been featured in Cash's music video for Hurt. The house subsequently burned down during the renovation of the new owner, yep. which we talked about. There's a new museum, uh, which was founded by Shannon and Bill Miller, opened and it opened <laughs> help me, in April 26, 2013. <laughs> hey, that, right before ah! my birthday. That's fun. Help. 
in downtown Nashville. <laughs> on November 4th, nope, November 2th, tooth. <laughs> November 2nd through 4th, 2007, the Johnny Cash Flower Picking Festival. November 2th. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> My daughter here is born on November 2th. It's two and if combined. <laughs> tooth the fourth on November 10th, 2007. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my God. The Johnny Cash Flower Picking Festival is held in Starkville, Mississippi, where Cash had been arrested more than 40 years earlier and held overnight at the oh, city jail. Oh, where he picked jail. the flowers. Aw. Yep. That's so sweet of them to illegally pick flowers in his name. Yep. The inspired incident inspired Cash to write the song Stark's video. So Stark yeah, yeah, yeah. in Starkville City Jail. Yeah, we, we mentioned that in the last episode. Yep. Uh, GC Unit One. Uh, Johnny it's Cash's, an annual event now. Uh, yeah, Johnny Cash's private tour bus from 1980 till 19 to 19 2003 till 2003 <laughs> was put on exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum in Cleveland, Ohio. The in only thing in Cleveland worth going there for. Yeah, the museum offers public tours on the bus, which is kind of cool, and uh, it is stored during the winter months. Hmm. A limited time festival forever stamp honoring Cash went on sale June 5th. The stamp features promotional picture of Cash. So that's cool. You can get a stamp, I guess. Uh, <laughs> October 14th. Yo! 2014. Get a stamp, uh, I guess. The city of Folsom unveiled phase one of the Johnny Cash trial. Note trial. To the public with the dedication and ribbon cutting ceremony trail, attended by Rosan Cash. He's not on trial. He's I it dead. Was trial. Oh, trail cool. along the tra- trial. Hey, uh, eight <laughs> larger than life public art pieces will tell the story of Johnny Cash, his connection to the Folsom Prison, and his epic drugs. Uh, this Johnny Cash trail is that real? No, his epic musical career. Oh, okay. Not his epic drugs. I'd be like, that's a cool ass painting. It's like epic meal time, epic drug time. <laughs> Sounds like a Yo, bad. can I get 42 pounds of meth? Yeah. <laughs> sure. No. Uh, yeah, so that's like a trail you can go on to learn about yep. cash. Or you can listen to the narrative's podcast. 2015, this is awesome. A new species of black tarantula was identified near Folsom Prison and named Amophemia Johnny Cashi. That sounds so <laughs> fucking dumb. Johnny Cashi? The Johnny Cashi? Really? Yep. Well, uh, it was identified near Folsom Prison, I guess, so whatever. <laughs> In 2016, minor sound, nope, Nashville Sounds, minor league baseball team added the Country Legends race. And uh, so basically, there's a bunch of shit that they did. <laughs> I gave up halfway through that sentence. You want to learn some facts? Fuck you! There's Johnny bunch... Cash Eye Tarantula coming. They just like, a bunch of people were just like, hey, Johnny Cash came here for one second. Johnny Cash support. We did it. Yeah. The flower picking thing is cool, and the tarantula is cool. Yeah, the flower picking thing is cool. Got anything else to add you want to add? No, I think we're good. I, I kind of just want to scoot on out of here. Yeah, we got good some two-parters. Eric did it, guys. Yay! He did it. The two-parter episode came out. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Leave some comments, man. This Thursday, I guess. Not next Thursday. Yeah, please. We've got that uh, that no giveaway comments. going away. For no one. So yeah. I guess we're just going to get it. Yeah, we got $25 worth of iTunes cards. And if nobody like does anything, then... Or Google Play cards. Yeah, or either or. I'll, I'll buy them, but hopefully. And um, we're trying to get some, some more support out there, so... Yeah, man. Just, uh, we'll be doing another giveaway soon for shares. Every time you share, yep. it'll, put a, it'll put like a little ballot in for you, and then uh, it'll be some prize at the end. It'll be probably money again, so... 
yeah. free money for just sharing. You get a jar of my sweat. Oh, yeah. I really Signed want that one. Signed by me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you guys better Ooh. start sharing. Yeah. How to get no one to share your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we just want uh, to get out, out there. You guys are helping us real good. Yeah. We've had quite We're a like few 80, listens. Like a, roughly 90 listens a week I, I, now. I was looking at our stats. Really cool. Uh, I was looking at monthly because we've been around for... Uh, a couple months four now. months now really uh june is yeah our fifth one so you can see in the the month of our first month was february 76 and we had 76 lessons but then in the, the next, next month, month 225 that's 164 and then 206 and, and then, then 30 it went down and we're, we're looking pretty good because already we're about halfway to to 200 here or i know we are at 200 yeah. listens we're zooming 210 and the month's almost over i mean today yeah. is the 19th I was looking at the wrong numbers here. Yes, you were. Yeah, sorry. Uh, April 335. That's what, that's pretty good, guys. You're helping us out. So far, we've had two comments. Thank you. Thank you. Mom and Izzy. Other mom. <laughs> that's, you guys did a good job. Um, Izzy's my mom. Yeah, so Don't we're looking at just a lot of stuff. That's, also, happy that's birthday, Izzy. Yeah. Shout out to Izzy, who is having a birthday. Yeah, good job. Being alive, I guess. You probably won't hear this today. but Yeah. But thank you all for listening and, and hanging Good around with us. Good job being alive, I guess. Let's do your sticker. Oh, hold on. Go up. Who's our? Who listens to us the most here? Our top listener. You. Is apparently, me. But thank I swear, you. I swear Yo, I don't listen you, to it that much. You want to win a giveaway? I swear I didn't. Kelvin the fish Spafford. Thanks, yes, Kelvin. That's our second most. Kelvin, I like you a lot. You're we've a got cool, a cool thing. Lethbridge has seventy listens, and then Mount View, California. We have some in like Puerto Rico. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you guys in Puerto Rico and Mountville on uh, places that aren't Red Deer, we got shared around though, in that one place. Did we? Yeah, because we mentioned uh, like some. We mentioned someone's name, and we instantly were banned from that place. Where? When did you hear about it was this? A political thing. Whose name did we like mention? The episode was not released in that country due to it. Oh, was it the Confucius episode? Yes. The Confucius episode it was, was China. They were like, no. <laughs> how did they? How did you even notice that? I was looking at the app, and it was like, yeah. You can't use it in this China? This episode is not being aired in this country. And I was like, oh. What ca- it was in China or whatever? Yeah, I think so. Cool. We do have people. It, for a little while, it said there were some people listening to it. That's weird. Just that episode, though. Yeah, no. And, and in the episode, too, I was just like, you can't listen to it here because this is guys and then me yeah. of communism. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, interesting. So there you go. Facts about the narratives that you never hoped to hear. Uh, coming up next... Th- this Thursday, we got a fancy hat guy. This is pretty much the biggest giveaway you got. So, hope you guys enjoy that new episode. Hope you guys are enjoying all the people we're talking about. Listen to some Johnny Cash. Educate again, yourself. Again, just throw some comments out there if you want to hear you us talk about people. Or if you if you, if you just Yo, think we're doing a good job choosing <laughs> our, phone our own buy. listening, then yeah. Bye. Uh, don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Instagram is the most important one. Instagram. That's for... the most active one. That yeah, was yeah. my thigh, by the way. Yeah. And just uh, comment wherever you want. It, on my it's thigh. good to hear from you guys, and we will throw you in the episode if we hear from you. Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Bye-bye.